0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Back in 2005, during my first week as an undergraduate student at UVA, I was invited to play a round of disc golf, frisbee golf, on grounds with some upperclassmen. On the second hole, hole. I somehow broke a window in the rotunda. Second story, second window on the left. I was mortified. But when showing up the next morning to turn myself in, the window was already fixed. Unsure of what to do, I did nothing. Figured it wasn't a big deal nearly 20 years after the incident. Maddie and I recently took our boys to the lawn and I still felt a tinge of guilt. As I kicked a soccer ball around, carefully, I thought it would be nice to enjoy the rotunda's splendor in good conscience. So later that day, I emailed President Jim Ryan and made my confession. Because after all this time, I still felt the need to come clean. Don't worry, we'll come back to that story. But first, do you feel that way about anything? Is there something you'd like to turn yourself in for? Is there a conversation you've been putting off for the past 20 years? Any skeletons in your closet you'd like to clean out? Before they grow into those 12-foot monstrosities that people put on their lawns now for Halloween? Well, this is something that our reading from the Gospel of Mark addresses. Let's set the scene. John the Baptist is baptizing throngs of people in the Jordan River. Mark says people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him. Why? What's all the fuss? It says, John proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, in first century Judaism, cleansing rituals were a major factor in worship. If you touched something that was unclean, if you contracted a disease, even if you were just going to worship at the temple, you would have to perform certain cleansing rituals to make yourself presentable to God. After all, cleanliness is next to godliness. These days, we seem even more consumed with self-sanitation. Many of us are currently undergoing some kind of post-holiday cleanse. After gorging ourselves on sugar and alcohol, we need to be purified. But even on the most practical level, to be a human being, is to be perpetually in need of cleaning and being clean. Whether it's your house, your clothes, your children, your car, your body, your teeth, your fridge, your iCloud storage, I could go on. I can feel everybody's blood pressure rising (laughs) as the list gets longer. It's a never-ending struggle. Ultimately, it's a losing battle. The songwriter Chuck Prophet has a song called Soap and Water in which he says, Soap and Water, my oldest friends, nobody knows quite where we've been. You see, soap and water wash away the evidence of where you've been and what you've been doing. Soap and water make you presentable. And I don't need to belabor the moral implications of cleanliness. Even the phrase, to come clean about something, or when addicts say, they got clean, implies that cleanliness is a matter of the heart. It's worth noting that there is a difference between being tidy and being clean. I was first introduced to cleanliness when I first got married. (laughs) Before that, I was very orderly. Shoes were put away, magazines stacked on top of each other, Everything looked great, as long as you didn't look too closely at the thin layer of dust that was everywhere. Disgusting. It was soon brought to my attention that while I was tidy, I was a far cry from clean. Perhaps this is what made John the Baptist's proclamation so appealing. He was not afraid to call the religious leaders out on the distinction between being tidy and being clean. In those days, Jewish leaders declared that only Gentiles had to be baptized because they were considered unclean. But John gave no special treatment. According to John, everyone needed a baptism of repentance. On multiple occasions, John confronted the Jewish leaders, saying, you may look like you have it all together. You might be tidy but you're not clean. And apparently this message hit home. Both Jew and Gentile came out of the woodwork to sign up for a baptism of repentance. Of course, repentance on its own is not strong enough, is it? Just like making yourself presentable, repentance falls into the trap of enoughness. can you ever be sorry enough is there someone in your life who withholds forgiveness until there has been sufficient groveling maybe you're that person chances are you've been on both sides of that gun into these murky waters who should come along but Jesus he takes his place at the back of the line and waits his turn among the sinners when he gets to the front he asks John to do the honors and as John lifts him out of the water it says he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him that moment fulfilled a 700 year old prophecy from Isaiah oh that you would tear open the heavens and come down to make your name known And God does exactly that. A voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. If epiphany means a revealing, on this Epiphany Sunday, God reveals the true nature of Jesus. This is not a prophet. This is not a motivational speaker. This is the son of God. This is the savior of the world. In that same passage from Isaiah, it says, how then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. It's a desperate cry to be made clean and it's a cry that God ultimately answers. John the Baptist tells us that while he baptized with water, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire because soap and water is not going to cut it. Water may clean the body, but not the heart. Fire, on the other hand, it cleanses not only the surface, but the entire substance. When a metal is completely melted down, the dross rises to the top and is then removed from the metal before it cools. Likewise, the fire that Jesus baptizes you with, it burns away everything that you think you are. Your career, your marital status, your criminal record, your triumphs, your trip ups. They're all consumed by the fire of God. And once the fire has done its work, God is able to look at you and say, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. In you, I am well pleased. That's your identity in Christ. You are nothing more and nothing less than a beloved son or daughter of God. And when it comes down to it, that might just be all that you ever wanted to be. Of course, the gospel proclaims much more than a baptism of repentance. It proclaims that Jesus took the heat on our behalf. On the cross, the clean was substituted for the unclean, the righteous for the unrighteous. Where John the Baptist preached what we need to do to be made presentable to God, Christ himself presents us to God, pure and blameless. That's the gospel. As Christians, we are washed in the blood of the lamb. And as they say, blood runs thicker than water. And Make no mistake, blood is messy. It's impossible to get out. But you're covered in it. And as 1 John says, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. In her children's book, Out of the Woods, Rebecca Bond tells the story of her grandfather, Antonio, who grew up in a hotel that his mother ran, which was in a small Canadian town on the edge of a lake. And living in this hotel, Antonio got to know all kinds of people. He got to know the maids and the repairmen who worked there. He got to know the outdoorsmen and the lumberjacks who were guests, He listened to stories spoken in all kinds of languages, English, French, Native American. And outside the hotel, he saw signs of all the elusive wildlife, the tracks of foxes or moose fur rubbed off on a tree. And one day, during a dry summer, a raging fire swept through the surrounding forest. The wind pushed the flames in every direction so fast that there wasn't time to outrun the fire. There was only one place to go. Here's how Rebecca Bond tells the story. All the people, all the people, hotel guests, trappers, silver miners, cooks, Antonio's mother and Antonio, they went into the lake. There was even a baby not half a year old, held in his mother's arms. They stood in the fire up to their knees, their waists, their shoulders, and stared as the fire came closer and closer. And as the forest burned around them, the group of people saw something astonishing out from the woods and into the lake came the elusive wildlife. Wolves stood beside deer, foxes beside rabbits, and people and moose stood close enough to touch as the smoke darkened the sky so much that no one could tell if it was day or night. And when the flames finally died down, And the sky began to clear. Every creature returned from where they each had come. That's what it looks like to be baptized in the name of Jesus. As the fire of God's righteous judgment comes for you, there's one place to hide. The water of baptism in it you are safe from judgment because you are buried with Christ by it you are saved from death by sharing in his resurrection and through it you are reborn by the Holy Spirit and made clean three days ago I got a reply from President Jim Ryan hi Sam please consider yourself absolved and enjoy the lawn with a clear conscience. Also, if one of your sons chooses UVA, please let us know just in case we need to reinforce the windows. That is God's word to you today. In Christ, please consider yourself absolved and enjoy your life with a clear conscience. Amen.